we celebrate our freedom, there have been two different audiences today here at PCBC. The first audience, first service, was a generation that lived through war times. Uh, they have a whole different perspective on our freedoms because they lived during times of war. This generation, we've been fortunate to, for the most part, while there have been battles and, and, and some wars, our, our uh, sovereignty has really not been challenged. And when we live in seasons of peace, it's easy to take for granted the freedoms that we have. Well, that can be true for a nation. That can be true for a people. And so today I want to take us into God's word and see how much God has to say about freedom. There's a song written, our country, my country tis of thee. It starts with these words. It says, my country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. That's how the song begins, speaking of letting freedom ring from shore to shore. The song ends with these words, our father God to thee, author of liberty, to thee I sing. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, for all eternity let freedom ring, let freedom ring. Well, that's a beautiful song and beautiful thoughts that freedom should be able to ring true in our hearts and in our land, and even the desire to see that happen for all of eternity. But today, I want you to see, not only can freedom ring true in your heart, freedom can also lead to a sting in your heart. And what does that mean? What does it mean, the difference between freedom rings or freedom stings? Well, let's go back in our history and look in this realm and discover some things that are true in the spiritual realm. Our nation declared its independence on July 4th, 1776. As you can see there on the screen, Congress came together. It was a unanimous declaration by 13 United States of America. There was one thing that bound all of us together, and it was our need to be independent from bondage. The bondage of a government called England from taxation and their oppression. And I want to read you some of the words of that declaration that was made. They wrote this letter. They penned this letter. They signed it unanimously and sent it to England. And here were the words they declared. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them together. They were saying we were once bound to you, our mother country, England, but we find it necessary to break those bands. Why? Because to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitles us, a dissent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. So they said, here is our list. These are the causes of why we need to separate and have our independence. And then you know these words. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And in that moment, they declared for all the world to know, we are declaring our independence so that we can be free and happy. Well, we fought for those freedoms. 
And over the years, and we saw a picture just a moment ago of the price that was paid, freedom does not come free. We must fight for our freedom. And just as we've learned that as a nation, we're going to learn that today spiritually as well. You see, 247 years ago, those freedoms that were so unique and different than any other human governance known to man, 247 years later, the land of the free is actually the land of great bondage. In the name of freedom, we have legalized and embraced multiple things that have robbed us of our freedoms, that have been used in the name of freedom but actually brought us bondage. For example, the freedom of religion can lead to cults. And and those who exercise a religion that is abusive and controlling and destructive. The freedom of speech, while we have those freedoms, can be used for hate speech, libel, and slander and to destroy people's reputations and to rob them of their joy. The freedom to assemble, as we've done today. In a lot of nations, believers cannot gather. They cannot worship publicly. We can. But under this freedom of assembly, we also find people who assemble for the wrong reasons. A mobism that sweeps into a community or a town and destroys business fronts and people's property. All under the freedom to assemble. The freedom of press allows for anything to be printed freely. That can be fake news. That can be perversion like pornography. It can be all kinds of things that are destructive to the people and to the public. We have a freedom in this country to bear arms. But unfortunately, that gets abused and can lead to mass shootings and the taking of innocent life, including small school children. We as a people, under the label of freedom, have legalized and made it legal to acquire substances that place us under those influences, under the influence of the substances. And today, in the land of the free and the brave, there are nearly 30 million Americans. Did you hear the number? 30 million Americans who suffer from substance abuse and addiction. Are we really the land of the free? You see, freedom is only freedom when it's unbound. You you can't claim to be free and yet chained to something else or to someone else, i.e. England or i.e. substances or hatred or prejudice or unforgiveness. You can live in a country that claims to be the land of the free that declared its independence from England and be in more bondage than other people throughout the world that live under oppressive governments. So I would say today we need a declaration of dependence. You see, to have freedom from sin and its debt, we must declare our dependence on God. We must declare that we are in need of God's deliverance. And instead of placing our dependence on our economy, our resources, our willpower, our supposed morality, our goodness, we must realize our need for dependence. Let me show it to you. If you have your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 7. Let's dig in on freedom. Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul, yes, it's the Apostle Paul, a hero of the faith, A studied man in the scriptures who used to be Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, 
was set free on the road to Damascus. He was set free from a life of lies that thought religion could save him. And now he pens these words, verse 15. Look at what he says. He says, for what am I doing? I don't understand, for I'm not practicing what I'd like to do, but I'm doing the very thing that I hate. Now, did you hear what Paul just said? This is Paul. Paul said, man, I want to honor God with my life. This new life I have, I've been set free in Christ, but, but if i got to be honest, there are times when I do the things I shouldn't be doing. That may surprise you. that, that ha- You may think you're the only one that has that struggle. No, that's a human struggle. That's a reality of a battle that all of us will face this side of heaven, even the Apostle Paul. So he goes on to say this. And if I do the very thing I don't want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. Why was the law given? To show us that we are sinners, that we do choose the wrong things. The law was given to show us our need for a Savior. I agree with the law, confessing the law is good, so no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. So look at the lesson he learned, verse 18. What Paul's going to say is, I don't need a declaration of independence I don't need to be stronger for God, and I don't need to try to be this independent soul that just does God's stuff. In my independence, I self-destruct. What Paul says is I actually need to become dependent. Look at this. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. You see, all Paul's life, when he was Saul of Tarsus, before he became a Christian, he thought that if I could just be more like God... If I could just do more good than bad, if I could just improve my goodness, that would make God like me more. That God would allow me into his heaven because I was a good person. You go anywhere on this planet and you can talk to anybody, anywhere, even the most remote jungle of this planet, and there are people who have a spirituality that say, if I can just be good enough, I'll get to heaven. Paul was thinking that because he said, I became the ultimate Pharisee. I was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. I wasn't just a Pharisee down here with all the others. I was above and beyond. I was at the top of the ladder. There was nobody more Pharisaical, more committed to the religion than I was. But that religion does not make us good. There is nothing good, inherently good in us. And he declares, he he hadn't finished, He says, I'm talking about what's in my flesh, my person. Because he is going to draw a distinction. He says, there is something that is good in me. It is Christ, the one who sets me free. It's not my goodness that sets me free. It's not me trying to do better than I did yesterday. It's God who lives in me that sets me free. So we all should declare, I can never be good enough. I can never overcome the power of sin. I can never know true freedom outside of Christ. I must depend on him. I discovered that as a junior in high school. Realized even though I was trying to get better, even though I was trying to stop doing the foolish things I'd been doing through middle school and high school, I started going to church with Cammie and thought, well, if I just start doing that, I can get God to like me again. I bought into the lie. And if you ask me, Bill, do you think you go to heaven one day? I said, "Uh, I think so. Because I really thought I was on the right path. I really had a desire to please God. 
I just never knew what Paul knew. That I could never get there and there was nothing good in me. I thought I could drum it up. I thought I could be good enough. But then I had to realize that's why Jesus came to this earth. If I could be good enough, if I could have ever mastered it, Jesus would have never had to die for it. Nothing good dwells in us. We must depend on him. So when we give our life to Christ, Jesus promised, we'll see it later, he would set us free. But here's the challenge. Here's the challenge to freedom. If we're not careful, this beautiful gift called liberty, I'm not talking about what our Constitution declares we have. I'm talking about what Christ has declared you have. Freedom. Freedom is a blessing, but if we're not careful, it can become a curse. Instead of freedom that rings, it becomes freedom that stings. Let me show you. Go over to 1 Peter now. 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter had unbelievable privilege He was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was one of the inner three of the 12 that was personally discipled to be a leader of the leaders. He had direct access every day to Christ. He lived with him. He ministered with him. He was taught by him. And he denied him three times. In that freedom, he chose to deny that he was a follower of Christ He did what he thought he would never do, just like Paul, just like Bill, just like you. His freedom would experience a sting. And so now, Peter, who has confessed that to God, been forgiven of God, has been filled with the Spirit of God, is now leading the people of God. And he writes these words under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he tells them, he addresses the challenge of the audience just like I'm doing today and he said to them you are to act that word act I've got it there means to live live as free men that means to be unbound freedom means to have no bindings no chains I am free Paul said you need to live as free men do but do not use your freedom as a covering for evil You see, freedom can either ring or freedom can sting. How does freedom sting? Freedom stings when we abuse that freedom, when we use that as some kind of cloak, a covering to say, well, if I'm free in Christ, if I've been forgiven, if my sin can't separate me from God, then it really doesn't matter what I do. There were others here, they were actually kind of spiritualizing the evil of their heart. They didn't want to obey and honor the government. They didn't want to honor their bosses or their employers. If you read the context, they were struggling with submitting to authority. And Peter said, you are abusing your freedoms. Yes, Jesus is your king, but don't use that as an excuse. He still wants you to honor other authority in your life. Quit using your freedom and abusing it to live carelessly and to be a stumbling block in the world in which you live. Don't use it as a cover for evil. America is proof that you can have freedom and still not be free. The freedoms we have can be perverted, they can be neglected, they can be abused. And in our selfishness, we can take those freedoms and we can turn them into pursuits that actually put us into bondage. 
And that is true spiritually as well. We abuse our freedoms in this nation, and we abuse the freedoms we have in Christ. Let me show you how that happens. Go to John chapter 8 real quick. John chapter 8, verse 31. There were those that Jesus was teaching about freedom, and they thought they didn't need to hear the sermon. Some of you maybe today, you, I don't need to hear this. I'm free in Christ. I'm good. I got this. Uh, I, I, I bet you had the same struggle that his audience had. Take a look at it. He wasn't talking to the radically committed sinners of that city. He didn't preach this at the tavern. He didn't go down there to the local uh, hangout where everybody was doing whatever they wanted to do. He was preaching to the Jews, religious people. And Jesus was saying to them who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you what? Free. You know that. You know that line. You didn't realize the context. And maybe you haven't studied what Jesus was trying to teach them. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I've told you before, truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And then he gave us his truth revealed truth in the word of God, which I hope you have in your lap or on your phone today. I hope that you are in the word every day because it's the truth that sets us free. Here's what we know. Anything outside the truth of God is a lie and it leads to bondage because you only find freedom in truth. You don't find freedom in the things that we legalize and the things we celebrate and the things we choose. You only find freedom in the truth. And they argued. This is pretty comical if you look at it. Look at verse 33. They answered him and said, whoa, 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 we are Abraham's descendants. We've never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Now, you might just read right past that, and maybe you just missed how deluded these people are. If you study history... And it's amazing, they trace it all the way back to Abraham. That was multiple generations before. Go back and look at the days of Abraham and the days between Abraham and when Jesus came to this earth. You know what you'll find? You will find multiple times that Israel was taken into captivity and conquered by other nations. They were enslaved. And they are so blinded to it. They are so deluded to it. No matter of fact... In the very moment where they are speaking, I would have said to them, really, you, you've never been enslaved. Well, let's go down to City Hall and let's go talk to the Romans about that. They, they were under the bondage of Rome in that very moment and they were blinded to it. Just like some people today who will hear this message and they'll say, what do you mean I'm in bondage? What do you mean I can be free. I'm already free. I've been forgiven of my sin. I went to Falls Creek. Hope you're going again. I've been baptized. I joined the church. I'm free. Don't be so deluded. Look at what Jesus said in verse 34. For Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin, everyone who commits sin becomes a slave of that sin. The Jews boasted of their freedom and regarded freedom as their birthright. We as Americans can do the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm free. I'm born in a Christian nation. I'm born in the land of the free and the brave. 
Well, can I tell you, that's not true today. We're no longer the land of the free and the brave. We are the land of the free and the enslaved. Did you hear what I just said? We live in the land of the free, yes, but the enslaved. And we can draw the same conclusion, not just as Americans, but as a believer who lives in America and draw a conclusion like they did in Peter's day. Well, if I have been set free and if God loves me unconditionally, and if I can never be separated from his love, and if I have uh, eternal security in Christ, then I can live freely how I want to live. And that simply is not true. America needed an Independence Day. I would tell you that Americans today need a Dependence Day. Let me show you why. Turn over to Hebrews. We're going to look at Hebrews and Galatians and go home. Maybe. Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 2. The writer of Hebrews says why Jesus came to this earth. Why he was born and why he died. Have you ever answered that question? Why Jesus was born and why Jesus died? Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise, also partook of the same. Here's why he was born. Because you and I were born in the flesh, we were under the penalty and we were in bondage to the flesh. We are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God. We all struggle with what Paul said, doing the wrong things and not doing the right things. That's the struggle of the flesh. And because of that sin that separates us from God, the Bible says God so loved you, he became flesh so that he could pay the penalty and set us free from the flesh. Well, look at what it says. So that through his death, there's why he died, that he might render powerless him, Satan, who had the power of death, that is the devil, and that he might free those who have the fear of death and were subject to slavery all their lives. The writer of Hebrews says, know this, Jesus didn't die just to take you to heaven. He, he died to set you free, to set you free from fear, to set you free from death, to set you free from eternal separation from God. He came to set you free. Go over to Galatians chapter 5. Again, we find Paul addressing the issue of freedom. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says this, For it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Paul was telling them, yes, God set you free. Praise God, he has set us free. But you better guard that freedom. That if you're not careful, you can abuse that freedom, you can neglect that freedom, you can take that freedom for granted, and you can find yourself in bondage outside of freedom, losing that very freedom. Being yoked to a yoke of slavery. Now that word yoke may not mean much to you. We've looked at it in times past. Take a look at this picture here and you'll see a yoke. That yoke is that device that's over the necks of those two beasts. It's a clever device because when you place a yoke on those strong critters, you can control them. You who are weaker can be the master of those two critters. You just need a yoke. And when you place their necks in that yoke, they are now bound and they are now under the influence of its master. 
That was the picture Paul was speaking of when he talked about the reality of our freedom in Christ. That you can be free in Christ, you can be in his yoke, or you can take on a yoke of slavery. What was he teaching? Take a look at the next slide. Scripture teaches us there are different yokes that we can be in. And you may choose, and especially this stage of life that I'm preaching to in this audience, who are going through their teenage years and young adult years, those are the years where we want to be the freest. That's the season of life where we think, man, I don't need my parents' bindings on me. I need to be free. I don't need the government to oppress me. I don't need anything. I want to be a free spirit. I want to be a free soul. I want to live life like I want to live it. I want to be free. Can I tell you something? You will always be bound to something or someone. Always. Now, I thought you said freedom was the lack of bindings. Well, what we're going to find is there is a yoke, a binding that brings you freedom. And there's a yoke that steals the freedom. If you look at this picture, you have two options. Jesus said you can take on my yoke. You can step into the other side and you can be bound to Christ. And in that, you will find freedom. Or you can say, no, I don't need Jesus. I'm going to take that spot, and I'm going to be bound, yoked to sin, my flesh. You can choose that. You don't have to stand firm in righteousness. You don't have to. Daily, you make that choice. And Apostle Paul said, man, there are times I choose the wrong yoke. I yoke myself up to simple, I do the wrong thing. I know God doesn't want me to do it, and I do it. Paul, Paul had to confess, I need to depend on Jesus and Jesus alone. A second yoke that we can place ourselves in, not only the yoke of sin, but we can also place ourselves in the yoke of religion. We can yoke up to that and say, well, man, I'm going to go to False Creek, and False Creek is going to change my life. False Creek is a good thing because it points you to the one who does change your life, but False Creek can never change a life. Only Jesus can. You can think, well, man, I just need, I've had people tell me before, they've messed up, they've gotten, they know that they're outside the will of God, and they say, well, pastor, will you just baptize me? No. Baptism ain't going to fix you either. Now, we'll baptize you if you've made a commitment to Christ, but baptism in the fix. Pastor, I need to join the church. Really? Is that going to fix it? Religion will never fix it. The Jews are living proof of that. Other religions are proof of that. Jesus didn't say, get more religious and you'll be free. He said, the truth will set you free. And the Jews said, we're fine, man. We are the, we are the people of Abraham. We are the Jewish people. We're the people of Israel. We are fine. Wrong. Unless you're a child of God, you are yoked to the wrong thing. The third one is the yoke of self. I don't need God's help. I don't need a Savior. I got this. Matter of fact, I don't need the God of my parents or the God of my grandparents. I don't need the God that the founders of this nation looked to that said that our freedom comes from the Creator. I don't need that Creator, that God. I am free on my own. No, you're not. You're in bondage to yourself. Over these past few months, the sermon emphasis has been ready, set, go. 
asking God to revive us that we might go into this world and make a difference. I would say to you today, ready, set, let go. Before we can ever go, we've got to let go. Look at it. Go over to Galatians 5 real quick. Galatians 5, we're almost done. I'm about to set you free. Ready? Not from here. I'm just about to set you free. Hang with me. Verse 13. Galatians 5, 13. For you were called to freedom. You weren't called to live in bondage. You weren't called to be owned by your flesh. You weren't called to be enslaved or addicted. God has called you to live freely. Only do not use that freedom, here it is again, the abuse of the freedom, as an opportunity for the flesh. Instead, instead, as you are bound to Christ, love other people, serve one another. Romans would go on to point out the challenge of the day, and we'll close with this. This will be our last area of Scripture. So get over there quickly. The quicker you get there, the quicker you get free. Romans 6 and verse 4. You've been called to freedom. But in that freedom, in that calling, in that life you have in Christ, don't abuse it. Don't neglect it. Don't say, I'm okay, God will forgive me. Romans 6 verse 4 says, Therefore we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in a newness of life. He said, if you truly are a Christian, it's not being a member of a church, it's being a new person living a new life. No longer living as we used to live for the things we used to desire, but living for the one who gives us a new life. Verse 5, For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Christianity isn't something you experience at a church so you get to go to heaven one day. Being a Christian means you become a new person in Christ and he has set you free Free from the bondage of sin, free from the devil who was the enemy of our soul, free from death and the grave, and yes, we will have eternal life. But go to verse 15. Jump down to 15. We're almost done. As he talks about this freedom we have and that we are no longer slaves to sin, he says, okay, so now what? What what does that mean to you? What then? What conclusion do we draw? What, What do we need to see? Look at what he says. Shall we then sin because we're not under the law, but we're under grace? He said, are you really going to trash that freedom that God has given you? He set you free from sin. Why in the world would you run back to it? If you were bound to it, why would you want to be bound again? Are you going to sin just because you can? Are you going to trash your freedoms because you can? Our nation is the nation we are today because we've been trashing our freedoms in the name of freedom. We want the freedom to live however we want to live. And we're losing our freedoms because we trash those freedoms. Paul said, don't do it spiritually. Yes, he set you free, but that is not free so you can live however you want to live. May it never, ever be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as a slave for obedience, you are slaves of the very one whom you obey? 
either of sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you've become obedient from the heart. He says you've had a heart change, and that changes everything. And when you receive the truth, Christ, he sets us free. And that happens because we became obedient from the heart. Verse 18, and know this, you have been freed from sin and you now have become slaves of righteousness. You see, in freedom, you are bound. You're not bound to sin any longer. You're bound to a righteous master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't claim that you're a Christian but have no master. Don't claim that you're a Christian and can live however you want to live and say God's okay with it. You are bound to a holy master who is righteous and that righteous God lives in you. And the only way you'll know freedom is for the truth, Jesus, to set you free. Freedom can either ring or freedom can sting. You choose each and every day which is true.